So hi everybody, this is Afro Leads, the podcast. Afro Leads consists of two sisters, Julie and Steph, and we are on a mission to promote Black British business and culture. At present, we share our message on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where we create positive posts about Black business, groups, communities, celebrities, music, and so much more. Today, we are joined by a phenomenal woman, the founder and CEO of Brand Telemoi. Telemar is a black woman-owned brand offering indie nail polish in a diverse range of nude colours for every skin tone. They produce their nail polishes and lacquers in a stunning range of vibrant colours too. Founder and CEO Natal started the brand out of frustration of not finding any nude nail polishes that were not the variation on pink. She set out creating the diverse range of colours on offer today to cater for people of colour. The products are handmade in the UK, vegan, cruelty-free and shipped in the UK and internationally. Whether you want to express your mood in bright and loud tones or subtle and nude ones, you'll be sure to find what you desire amongst this extensive range. We love the names of all the collections, such as All That Glitters, Autumn Remix, Carnival, to name but a few. Check out the polishes, nail care and more on their website, which is www.tellimoire.co.uk. Natelle, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Feel that whole description for my website. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. As we kind of um, have said before, we're really excited to obviously have you onto the podcast to get to know you, to get to know your story. We love your brand. We love everything about it. So much so that we've obviously got birthdays and stuff coming up and it's obviously on our little list. You know, when people are like, what do you want? We're like, this, send, 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 send. So we're really excited to have you on. How are you doing? How's life treating you? Yeah, busy. Um, busy, but I can't complain. I'm still here. I had a really good sleep last night, so I feel very well rested now. So, yeah. Good. Very well, you are very welcome. We have lots and lots of obviously questions to ask you. So if we can if we can just dive straight into it, that'd be amazing. So first and foremost, obviously myself and my sister Julie, as I mentioned in the intro, we are all about black excellence. We identify as British Ghanaian. We just obviously with every one of our guests want to know a little bit about their background. So if you're happy to share a little bit about your heritage, where you grew up, what was the background to yourself that brought you to where you are today? Well, my heritage is Caribbean, so my mum is from St Kitts and my dad was from St Vincent, but I was born in East London and pretty much have remained in East London and started off in East Ham and then moved to Dagenham, so I guess kind of wherever you want to call Dagenham, East London, Essex is a whole debate in itself, but it's, I call it East London pretty much, and then pretty much have been here since. But yeah, Germany, I had a really, like, good childhood I guess I grew up with my um, mum brothers I've got two siblings as well I've got two brothers who are younger than me so I was the older sister so always I guess in charge of everything standard behaviour and yeah I pretty much worked went to uni in Kingston and did a business degree and then started working in property so a lot of the time actually when people, my family or friends who know me kind of know me more for being in property and then left that industry and I now work in university education. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of been my journey in terms of like my day job since. And yeah, just been kind of working hard. Although, yeah, my first job was working at McDonald's and I absolutely loved it. I was there for like three years. Um, but <laughs> I mean, it's mainly the food, to be honest. That was the best part of it. But uh, no, a lot has changed since then, I guess. We had um, jobs in retail as well when we were little. I worked in, like my first job was working in a, like an ice cream shop, making like 99 ice, uh, ice creams. And I, again, the perks of the job, just having as endless amounts of treats and sugary snacks, amazing. But also like, it's like those like little, I suppose the stuff that I take for granted now, those little like social skills, it's like I can have, have a conversation with anybody and, you know, you think on your feet and those things. I think that comes from having those, that interaction, in, you know, from a very early age in, in those kind of customer facing jobs. Would you agree? Definitely. McDonald's taught me everything that I needed to know about customers. It's a pretty busy, dynamic environment. And obviously when people don't get their food on time, they're very angry, they're stressed. And it really taught me how to manage upset customers um, yes. and we had a lot of those but yeah it also was a very good business model McDonald's has a really good business model they are well one of the most successful businesses in terms of marketing and everything so mm-hmm. I remember studying them quite a lot in uh, university actually but no really interesting what did you study at uni 
Um, so I did international business and law. Um, <laughs> oh, I did international business in Spanish. Oh, I love that. And see, the thing is, I picked up French as well as part of the international bit. So I Amazing. Did- yeah, I love that. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my degree. Really enjoyed it. I did. Like you say, with work, if you're working in a business, there's always things that you can relate the theory and the practical to, can't you? Without sounding too geeky, but I really enjoyed my course, actually, at uni, definitely. I think my parents would have wanted me to have done law, but yeah. (laughs) My mum did as well. She's like, still today, like, why don't you just become a lawyer? And I'm like, I can hate that. It's an option. I'll never dismiss it as an option, but yeah, for now it's now published. We'll see. Natalie, prior to founding Telemar, what was or still is your, your day job? Yeah, so funny enough, I've never stopped working. So I've always done Telmore whilst I've been working, which has been a journey in itself. But my original role, so I've actually just started a new job in January. Prior to that, I was working for Coventry University as a employer engagement manager. So very much just meeting different employers, trying to get them on board in terms of like apprenticeships and getting them to employ their staff members on our apprenticeship programs for our higher level degrees so yeah it's quite different but prior to that um, I was working in property so I did that for about three or four years and then I ended up transitioning to university mainly just because I loved property but the hours were very very unrealistic we used to do 12 hour days as a standard work every other Sunday or weekend it, it God, was, yeah sack that off <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean I really did enjoy it and sometimes I do think should I go back to property but then it's just the hours like it's just impossible to do anything but property when you're doing it like that so whilst setting up town wise mainly been working at the university and then now I've just started a new job working for the council so kind of similar role is it's an adult college so it's very similar in some aspects it sounds quite full on though as well so having to balance your own business as well as that that is a skill in itself yeah it's been oh I like it's been chaotic I think I could always feel like I could be more organized but I think also on my mind is that there's always something that I could be doing so it's like yeah. I'm working during the day I'm like oh I should be updating this on the website if I'm not updating on the website I'm thinking actually I didn't get a chance to finish this at my day job so balance is something that I'm trying to actively learn at the moment because you know if I wanted to I could sit here and just spend all night deciding that I want to recode my website and just be up until three four in the morning and then have mm-hmm. to go to work the next day so um I do think I am gonna have to find some sort of balance and whether that means taking a part-time job instead of doing a full-time job or just kind of quitting completely and trying to see if I can find something that's more self-employed or you know that I can just do as I need to that would definitely be one of the options and it's something that I'm looking at as well at the moment so yeah that's that's amazing though it's like from somebody from an outside perspective I see that as like the skills that you obviously have to be really good at right now which you're obviously showing is the prioritizing skills which I find really difficult like I will always have a to-do list as long as my arm and everything's equally as important whereas I think because you're so stretched and you've got so much going on and spinning so many amazing plates You've just got to think, right, here's what's, you know, the essential things that I've got to do right now for both business and for your day job, um, which you you obviously do extremely well because your website looks amazing. Your actual messaging is absolutely really clear to us as an end user. So, you know, from a perspective of somebody who doesn't see the back end of what you're doing, it's like you are gracefully like the swan, but we don't see the pedaling underneath (laughs) frantically trying to spin all those plates. No, but I really love that because the website for me, and I think... In another world, like I probably should have just gone into like graphic design or website design because I just love it. Like I get really absorbed into it and I'm just like, look perfect. So then I'm just trying to figure out how I can make it better, what I can add to it. Like we didn't have a filtering system for the website. So I managed to find a code. I had to buy the code. Then I had to adjust the code and make it work for the website as well. So like things like that for me are like really small wins. I'm like, oh, I just love that. I can filter it by color and stuff like that. So So do you do all that back end yourself? See, I use um, Squarespace as a platform. I was considering shopping to Shopify. I'm kind of unsure whether I'm going to switch or not at the moment because I put so much into Squarespace. But I like that you can edit the back end a little bit more than Shopify you have to like buy a theme whereas Squarespace you can use their basic themes but then you can kind of add and change things quite easily so 
Um, but yeah, some of the additional functions that Squarespace doesn't give you that Shopify probably already have, you kind of have to build the coding to do it. So I'll try and find the codes and then amend them to work for the website. So yeah, I do. I do quite a bit of the back end, but again, I just, I'm someone who just likes to figure things out. So instead of if I can avoid paying someone else to do it, then I will try and do it myself. And to be honest, that's kind of what happened with Telmore. <laughs> like that's how it started. And how do you learn all that stuff? Like, do you go on, like, is, um, this is from me being really kind of envious as to how your brain works, but do you just think, right, I'm going to Google and look at YouTube stuff, or do you do market research, or how would you go about, like, developing those skills so you can take it all in-house for yourself? If I'm honest, a lot of it is just Google. I mean, I think there's so much information already out there. Google has been my best friend into trying to figure things out. Forums, I do love a good forum as well, because then it's practical of people who literally have the same problem, and someone somewhere knows the answer, so they'll give their interpretation of it so I found that those have been quite helpful especially for coding and things like that so yeah but I think it's just in my head I have an idea of how I want something to look so then I end up having to try and find a way to make it work if it's not possible so I think that's been yeah pretty much me for everything and yeah nail polish just seems to be one of the answers that has come out from that as well Amazing. That's amazing. I'm so impressed. You're a woman after my heart, even more so though, because the whole coding is just way above above me. <laughs> and I just love that. I can't believe that you've, well, I can't believe, but it's just so impressive that you have taken the time to kind of massively upskill yourself in this. And um, from what you're saying, I can understand, I can follow along a bit. We've got a really great um, website um, designer and, and she manages it so you know what you're talking about I understand from when she has painstakingly tried to <laughs> take us through certain things but wow that's so impressive that you you know how to like change the colors and things like that based on code and um yeah did you do IT at school or is this all just kind of well I know IT was different actually it keeps changing what they teach us but did you do any of this at school or is it all literally knowledge you're learning as you're needing it we did do a little bit at school I feel like we did like maybe like the basic code it, again I think the level of coding that they teach you there versus what you need to know here it's I guess some of it has stuck which is what's kind of helped me I think actually but I've always just been pretty computer savvy like my dad okay. have his own business filming weddings and so he used to get me on powerpoint when I was like seven or eight like designing like the covers for people's like wedding videos oh wow yeah. oh yeah. that's amazing <laughs> I mean, I literally was like seven and you know, when you had like the uh, word art one as well. So it was just yes. like, it out for the wedding, yes. but pay me per cover. So that was a, yeah, <laughs> a really oh, good. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I really, that's such great parenting as well. Cause okay. You're like getting you involved, but then also teaching you and, but not like exploiting you if you've been paid for it and just yeah. like, like, you know. Found the cover as well at this rate, but <laughs> <laughs> no I did enjoy it but I've always enjoyed computers anyway so I've just been a bit yeah this is why I say I secretly probably should have done something in tech I just enjoy being on them and typing and figuring things out so good interest to have I think definitely because everything now is AI and I like those entrepreneurial seeds being planted young a little bit it really helped really did help but yeah no honestly it's uh it's a lot I think there's so much that you can do and it's I just see some amazing websites and then in my head I'm like oh I wish my website could do that and then I'm like how can I get my website to do that and then suddenly I'm in a five-hour google search on how can I <laughs> website <laughs> it's, it's pretty much what happens it's a spiral well it's a great website like I said it's very much you know when you see well we obviously have done quite a lot of research on any person that we feature and the messaging is really clear it's you know it's it's we can see your core values. We can see so much about what you want to achieve with the brand, obviously the product itself, the quality, et cetera. So from our perspective, it's amazing and really inspirational as well. One question that I had in mind was, we now obviously have a better understanding about your sort of skill set and your interest being tech and obviously business, French, gosh, it's everything. How did the nail varnish and how did that side come to play? 
Honestly, it's so funny because I always feel really guilty sometimes when people ask me, like, do you have a cosmetic science background or are you a nail tech? Or No, literally. I've just always been someone who likes to do stuff myself. And, you know, if I can't figure it out, I kind of just find a way to make it possible. So, you know, even just from things like making my own ketchup because I wanted one that had no sugar and at the time it sold no sugar like I just did stuff like that for the sake nice. of it so I don't I've just always been someone who's painted my own nails like I've been to a nail shop maybe less than five times it's just I always just thought it was practical it's cheaper and you can buy the kit yourself to do it so I just really enjoyed it and it just saved me money each month as well and I think when it came to nail varnish it really was just a case of I went to the shop looking for this nail polish because I was about to start a new job. And I, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's something really, that's just like me as a person. Like I'll go there and be like, I see this color in my head that I really want. And I won't be happy until I find the polish that looks like that color. <laughs> and then I had come back home and I was just like, I really want to polish this color. And I was like Googling, like just a random question, like, can you make your own nail varnish? And then, that takes you into a whole bunch of reading and different like forums and different conversations and that very much turned into oh you can this is a supplier where you can buy the components and make your own colors as well so I was like oh okay this is good and basically got the components to make my own polish I thought yeah great I've got my own personal collection of polish that is now complete and you know, I already had quite a substantial nail polish collection anyway, because I always painted my own nails, but I felt like these colours were the ones that I'd been looking for and hadn't found. So, of course, I wore them religiously, you know, every day at work. And, you know, they were really kind of like shimmery and subtle nudes. And I was like, oh, I really like your nail polish colour. And I was like, oh, guess what? I made them myself. And yeah, it kind of went from that to, oh, can you make other colours? What else can you do? And then started making a few more colors and then put them onto Etsy and then I've like people bought them so I was like oh people are actually buying them and yeah when it came to that then obviously a lot more research came into like the practical implications of you know how you basically sell or kind of scale up a nail polish business and you know obviously all of the cosmetic safety reports that you need to have in place so um, I spent a bit of money doing that because I thought actually you know what if there are people who actually like it and are willing to pay for it, then I should expand it in that way. And then that's kind of when I launched my website. So yeah, it's really just grown from a point of me just wanting a specific color and not seeing it. That's amazing. I love how casual you're about it. Cause it feels like major, <laughs> you, re you really wanted the color. So I'm really keen to know what is the color and is that still available? And I just, yeah, I just love, your tenacity and that's quite a lot of effort I think I'm just dramatic um, <laughs> really dramatic but no the color that so the color that I originally wanted it is still available it's actually Nutella brown so I named it my nickname so it was just like a brown ah, okay but actually after that I then made Mandel Mocha which is like my nude so it's like the closest um in terms of skin tone to my color mm -hmm. yeah Nutella brown was my first favorite and that was like the first one I actually made so yeah, it's uh yeah, it's still available. <laughs> you can still buy that one, it's online. But yeah, everyone's always like really casual about it. But it really is like anyone who just knows me kind of I think is so used to me doing things like that now. They'll just be like, What are you making this week? Or, you know, like I do my own hair, I do my own weave, like I just I just really have this thing about learning to do it myself. And yeah, I mean obviously even with hair, I it will take me the whole day and I'll never forget the first day I did it, it was because I was at uni and I had no I literally had no money so I was like right I really want my hair done okay I'm gonna buy the pieces I'm gonna buy the thread and I'm gonna learn how to sew it looked a mess and it came out practically the next day but I just kept doing it and yeah now I can do my own hair as well that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is so cool because even, like lockdown for me made me have to because I, I I wouldn't say I'm necessarily lazy but I do like I won't necessarily do a lot like your mindset is very let me see how I can do this because you want to learn because you've got that thirst for like knowledge I'm like really want to do it but ugh, I can just pay a ten and it would you know what I mean I'm just so like lackluster in terms of learning I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's laziness or what but there's I don't have that that tenacity inside of me but what I would say is lockdown forced oh. me to unlock 
some up some parts of that because obviously I couldn't go and get my hair done like you say doing your nails and all that kind of stuff you just had to start, bring it in house and crack on and do do things for yourself and I, I still now do like plats my single braids myself occasionally because it doesn't take me that long I'm not daunted by it and I find it quite therapeutic I can watch a couple of films on Netflix and just crack on with my day and there is that sense of like so I was so self-satisfied afterwards like flinging my my, my braids like oh my god I've done this so there is something to be said about certain situations providing the opportunity if that's not really in your DNA I think it's a really great trait to have I love that you've got that naturally but for me lockdown opened a side of me in terms of that which I really 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 am grateful for yeah definitely I think lockdown honestly was a really good lesson for a lot of people you know in terms of even this nail polish like our cells surged during that time one because everyone was at home but two because you know what do you do when your nail shop is shut? You have to then either learn to do your nails yourself or you'll pretty much just leave them to grow for like a whole year. So I think that did really help. And yeah, I guess lockdown for me in that sense was probably more of a time for me to try and focus on like being healthy and go to the gym and stuff like that. Although that definitely blocked out a little bit halfway through, but I tried to be at the beginning. But no, it was just a good time, I think, to really hone in on something that if you've wanted to learn or to do, um, but I think ironically, I ended up spending more time doing Tamwa. I was furloughed for three months, so I used that time to just really like channel a lot of energy. And yeah, I think given no, know- like I think knowing how that benefited us as a brand, and we were able to really capitalize on the time where people were at home and on their phone all the time. I wish we kind of had that time again to an extent. So yeah. Number one, you're not lazy. And number two, where are you getting your nails done for £10? Because I would really worry about the, <laughs> the, the quality. The, 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 not just the quality, but like the the, um, the materials. Uh, the kind of health and safety for the, the people who are <laughs> doing your nails. For Stop antenna. shaving me. Stop shaving um, me. Let's move you, on. You're really... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I was just, uh, yeah, no, but you're really good at doing your hair. Like, as you said, not, lockdown did give provide lots of different opportunities. I mean, I'm not. I, I look like I've got real major problems when I do my hair. Mattel, I'm not joking. Can I just interrupt you? <laughs> Julie once came around <laughs> to my house after doing her hair, and it was like she'd had rasta in for three years. It was awful. It was so at least you tried though because I feel like and you're really good for being able to do single braids as well that's the one thing I've never actually tried to do it myself actually you could do it I probably could but I'm just oh. like time and being braids anyway I I no I, I I that's the only thing that I'll still pay someone to get done at the moment <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot and you have to be dedicated like mm. But, but to be fair, these were box braids. These weren't like small, small. They were still quite like big, but no. yeah. Well, Stephanie, you, they were really great. And you did mine as well after my kind of... I have to, Jay, because you looked crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that no one told me, like, obviously I could see it, but you just, it was a desperate time. But it wasn't until after I took them out that people were like, what on earth was that? Bless you. You did try though, and that's the thing. You tried, which is amazing. I tried, but I know that that's not my skill set. But anyway, moving on. Sorry, I, I just I, I digress there. But um, I wonder, because obviously you've put so much into developing your brand. And you say us. So th- I just want, is there anyone else involved with the brand at the moment? No, so it's, it's really funny. I say that all the time. I always refer to it as like a third person us thing, even though it really is just me. I think sometimes I don't like people to know that it is just me because then I had this quite early on as well where people message me or send me emails and they're like, oh yeah, tell my team. You know, they really think it's like a team who did it. And I kind of wanted to keep the energy because I guess I'm manifesting having like a large team one day as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, no, at the moment, it's just me pretty much do everything. Unless if I get like really massive orders, I've got a friend who lives 10 minutes down the road. So I'll rope her in. My cousin lives 20 minutes that way. I'll rope her in. My mum does the labeling for the envelopes as well, actually. And she's. Oh, bless her. I love that. <laughs> really good like that. She'll, she's really handy. And she'll sit down in front of the TV and just screw the bottle lids on for me as well. So oh. I'll collect them. 
her house is also my storage home as well so yeah no she really helps it's me but secretly it's pretty much her as well actually so. <laughs> I love that <laughs> I do and I think I know what you mean about the I don't know whether it is it's um like it's a small business mindset where you're thinking is it a bad thing that it is just me but I think on a from again from an end user's perspective when you see the journey you see the website and you see just how much you're doing to say it's just you predominantly leading this and managing all those different departments that's a massive selling point in itself but again I think as somebody who's worked in business you like you say you're manifesting a big corporation essentially so you're kind of thinking is it is it a negative that it is just myself? But I don't, I don't think it is, I, I don't see that as a negative at all. I think that's a, a major positive because what does it say about the person that's doing all those different amazing skills? It says everything about you. Yeah, it's really interesting because I always think about like the perception of people. So it's really good to hear that. But then I also think that sometimes, I guess when you think about wanting to be taken seriously mm. as like, you know, oh, she mixes polish in her house and, you know, then she ships out. It, it kind of seems like, I guess from my perception, I'm like, does it seem professional? Uh, like I'm an actual professional operation. Am I a business? And I guess it doesn't, for me, I guess it doesn't feel like it will be unless I have like my own fancy office or a factory warehouse, that kind of thing. So maybe that's probably me projecting how I perceive my own business or how I think I would perceive it if I was someone on the other end. But ironically, my customers and people don't perceive it that way so yeah I think I just yeah I, I feel like it'll be real for me when I can like quit my job and be like yeah I've got a warehouse I've got this I've got that so yeah I think maybe that's where I'm at in my mind with it okay. well and I'd say Nita, all of that is coming I'm sure but I just think we're in a day and age where we're really responsive to the kind of kitchen table industries if you like and the fact that you can do all of this from your home with a small bit of your your mum's for the storage is incredible and like yeah like there's so many businesses that I purchase from are literally out of people's homes garages but it doesn't make them any less professional and actually they're so much more personal in terms of so when we buy from you at the moment we know that you've packed it and you I'm sure you get to know people who are coming back from multiple orders and those personal touches I don't know I'd I wouldn't say to me that the fact that it's not been made by in a massive factory makes any less professional actually it's more so because it's your baby and yeah. your you've got your, your touches literally on everything as a, a consumer I think we're really especially when we're kind of championing black British brands you then you, you really get the sense that it really that each purchase matters and is noticed by you as the CEO and founder how many businesses like when you're thinking of multinational businesses they don't know all of these different parts and they, they don't yeah so it's maybe more impactful for those of who so wanting to support smaller businesses and that's at the moment I mean obviously in the future we've got great things ahead I'm sure but yeah I, to me it doesn't seem that it's not as professional as I don't know if you're buying a from Maybelline or something do you know what I mean that's my perspective no I appreciate that perspective because I think also it's sometimes it's good to hear it because I've obviously I'm very critical on myself which is you know I think deep down a perfectionist a secret perfectionist um which is not always a bad thing but then sometimes it really does erase sometimes how much you put into it and you kind of are just like no but I want it to be this so yeah and I think there's probably a deep down perfectionist yeah element in terms of even just things like the website I'm like I want it to look like this like this is how I see it in my head so yeah it's it's a good thing but also I think sometimes it's very hard to realize that from the outside when you're so deep in in it really so yes yeah yeah do you know what one thing I'll what I've picked up on is because I'm very much the same mindset as you in terms of what is what's deemed as professional and I think sometimes it comes from that education side of thing you know you've studied international business and your mindset sometimes is when you think about, well, with me anyway, when I think about a lot of the success stories and the case studies that I've obviously built my understanding of what success is in businesses is the international massive corporations and things. But some of the best success stories of the last five years, as Julia said, are online businesses. It was a reaction to 
you know, things that have happened, you know, within the, you know, within society, et cetera, especially with, you know, the last two to three years with, with black owned businesses and the champion of you know, people really getting behind that. And naturally, because of this surge and the reaction to the market, the way people do business is so different. Maybe about 15, 20 years ago, what was deemed professional and what was the standard is so different to, to what it is now. And I say that there's a company close to us who made cupcakes and after Easter one year, bought loads of like Easter eggs and stuff, melting down. And now she's got like, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. She's got a warehouse, etc. And this is within the last three to four years. And she openly said, I don't know when I went from being in my kitchen making these to to now having bought a warehouse, which was only in the last couple of months. But I still see myself as that entrepreneur working in the bedroom. I will never, ever see myself as like a Steve Jobs or whatever, because my mindset is still very much you know, I'm reacting to everything. But, you know, from the outside, again, looking at her, I, I said, say the same to you. It's very much crikey from our side of things. You're, you, you're smashing it, you're trailblazing. There's people that are watching your journey that are thinking, God, I, you know, thank, I can see myself in that, that person and they're doing amazing things. The product's fantastic. Like Julie said, you've got that personal touch. How do I get there? And again, I love how you're a perfectionist. I love how humble you are. But hearing that should be like affirmation for yourself because you're smashing it. You're doing so well. I so appreciate that and it's funny because I went to an event actually and it's uh she's like she's like an influencer really really great brand she was like introducing me to somebody else at the party and she was like this is what she does she has these colors this polish and I was like yeah yeah like I make nail polish sometimes and she was like no like she actually does this and this and I was like I do like it's like you realize in that moment and it's not even sometimes just trying to be humble but I think sometimes you really just I just take so much in my stride that it's just very much like it's normal to me now I guess this is what I do like I finish work and then I start work again and then I just make the orders I put them together it's just normal for me so I guess sometimes you forget that actually it's really not normal I guess so yeah yeah it just gets built into your life well it's very impressive and like I say I know people who have obviously followed your journey or you know seen the posts or seen other things on your social media will just be loving like just your growth your tenacity your vision of stuff that you're manifesting etc and just find it so inspirational regardless of you know ethnicity and you know whereabouts in the UK or the world they're from it's really great to see you succeed thank you honestly yeah I mean I hope that Tama will be in some shops one day or in nail shop one day or something like that so I think from I feel like because I'm still on the journey I think it's so interesting because this is like I guess the part where I'm hoping that now I can start kind of pushing things a little bit further and really just kind of taking time but I also feel like in order to do that I need time and I also need to probably take the push to like yeah either like go part-time or kind of completely just stop working for a minute and just figure that part out because I think that's probably the next step of the journey because I think I can't I can't invest as much time as I'd like into it to really see it grow but I've, I've never liked to take risks, especially financial ones, actually. Yeah. So I've always just been, yeah, I don't like taking financial risks. I don't like to lose money. So it's been very much a case of, okay, can I afford to do this? Is it going to be sustainable? Can I make that move? And you know how sometimes people can kind of just quit without thinking about they don't have a job tomorrow. And I've got an extensive work history. I'm sure I could find another job if I needed it, but it's still that risk of, but what if I don't? And I think that's always a part of the decisions that I make or how I make them. But yeah, I think I'm thinking more and more lately that actually I need to really invest some more time so I can really start to scale the business up. I think it'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, do, do you have any kind of like mentors or anyone? I mean, you mentioned that your father um, has had his own photography business as well, but do you have anyone that's given you like, like really excellent advice as you've kind of branched out to become an entrepreneur and are you happy to, to share what that is yeah I mean I don't have a mentor specifically I generally have like a really good friendship group and actually we all kind of have our own businesses practically like I've got a cousin who's like a bridal hairstylist but also sells hair and like kind of like wrap on ponytails which are really amazing my friend Jarena she's got a CMOS business so it's kind of like the people around me kind of almost inspire me to an extent as well but I've met some really amazing people through Instagram so that's kind of helped in terms of I guess some of the info based or even just like the nail technicians as well who generally kind of give me a lot of support and advice as well about 
what they think is a great product and you know oh I really like this you don't sell this you should have this and I can actually then do the research and be like actually we should sell this and then go and find the suppliers and kind of locate and see how to make those ones as well so yeah it's I'd probably say it's all generalized advice I guess but I think my family are all very we're all quite close so I think they help and they all kind of have again their own practical business but you know I think my husband said to me even just last week so I was like should I quit my job like should I just leave and he was like just very much just take everything at your pace like that's what I think the general advice is take everything at your own pace like if you feel ready that you want to quit and it's kind of something that's constant in your mind then do it for you and you know figure out a plan first before you just kind of quit and you know make sure you've got savings make sure you've got finances to do that I, I think I like risks, but I always take calculated risks. They're always very well thought out. And, you know, if I'm going to do this, right, I need to know how much time I've got to put towards it, money that I've got to save. And I think my personal advice to myself is always have a backup plan like, or have something else going for you. I think having seven streams of income is always like, I think they always kind of put that as the epitome of what everyone should have. But I agree that you know, any industry could just kind of collapse at any point. And I think with COVID, we've seen that a lot. So, you know, don't put all of your eggs in one basket to an extent, but at the same time, it is difficult. Because I think also at the same time, something like Tamwa is, I want to put all of my energy into that. I want to put all of my eggs in one basket. So um, for me, properties is something that I kind of keep on the back burner and it's something that doesn't require much of my own time or investment so I have an investment property in Ipswich out in Sussex so that's kind of helped me I guess financially garner some money that can go towards Telmar as well so it's like yeah it's completely separate but then at the same time it still influences my growth towards this and how I can go to sustain myself as well if I let's say decided to quit my job I still don't feel like I'm at a place where I could leave just yet but I think it's just very important that I've got something that I am able to rely on I guess financially so yeah calculated risk. It sounds really sort of wise beyond your year it's like I think it was only about a year or two ago that I really got into the whole kind of thinking about different income streams and I don't know why at the age of because I'm 36 now I don't know why <laughs> um, that um, I didn't know about having so many different income streams are so important. I know this is like normal information to quite a lot of people. I know so some people, they have no idea about this whole gener like generational wealth and different income streams, et cetera. So I just wonder from your perspective, is it the environment that you keep? Is it family? What's shaped your mindset into being so progressive in terms of this way of thinking? Do you know what was really interesting? A lot of it came from working in property. So I literally was a like a state agent, like sales negotiator. So I met so many people in that role who were coming to us to obviously buy property. And I remember like quite a few of the viewings I do were people who were like my own age. And I was like 20, 21 at the time. And I'm like, how are you buying a house at 2021? 20, and it kind of made me realize that a lot of people just don't end up having the conversation. And, you know, uh, okay, quite a few of these people were either gifted money or inherited money um, quite young. So they were able to have substantial deposits. But in property and I think what a lot of people don't realize a lot of the time your deposit is key to getting but if you can meet let's say 10% of the purchase value of the property realistically the rest relies on your salary and what you're earning and a lot of people especially if you're buying with somebody else you've got quite a high level of salary so you probably could afford to buy yeah. and it's but you won't know that unless you have the conversation with somebody to be like this is what I'm earning this is what I'm earning can we buy somewhere and you know I think seeing people day in day out who are coming in buying properties it really kind of just kind of opened my eyes to another form of wealth that people had you know there was a guy who had never had a like he, he left school at like 14 13 and just bought like his first house did it up and then sold it and you know kind of purchased multiple properties and he basically never had to work again and I think when you're seeing people like that and you're interacting, it's just their stories really stick into your mind. And I think so for me, that kind of working in that industry. So I actually bought my first property, the one that I live in now, when I was 23. And that was just... Wow. Wow. That's amazing. But it was really 
it was just because my colleague at the time had she had been gifted a deposit and so she was able to buy a flat but I was like me and her sell the same amount of houses I was like we're pretty much on the same salary so she can afford to buy somewhere I was like maybe I should talk to someone and see if I can buy and it literally was that and then I started the conversation and then that's how I ended up buying my property which I didn't really have a clue about really what that really entailed but I just thought it'd be a good idea and actually it's been probably one of the best things for me because actually it's meant that I've been able to use that to purchase another property and you know I didn't have that much savings and Dagenham is quite like Dagenham is one of the cheapest London, London boroughs to buy in so that meant that I could yeah buy something that's kind of pretty much been my own since so yeah that's amazing gosh that's I'm so awesome and, and definitely I wish I'd learned those lessons when I because I've met people the odd couple of people that I knew had properties when we were in our 20s and as you say it's either people who had been gifted money from a family to get that initial deposit and just thinking it was beyond me mm. to do that because I wasn't in that situation but then actually that was back in the time when a lot of the time um well we don't talk about it enough that's one thing people don't talk about so it's great that you're in an environment where people were but then like later on finding out that yeah you might have had a friend who was working but actually they've got that house with a 95 percent mortgage or even a 100 percent mortgage back in you know uh, and you think well that that was something I could have done mm-hmm. I had no idea I thought I had to be just much more established in my career or further on and then also that mindset that you're buying a house to stay in forever actually no you don't have to you people flip houses all the time and it could be it's better off actually paying a mortgage towards something you own and then if you're having to move then selling that house and yeah so yeah it, it's amazing that you were you know learning from those around you whether it's personally or through your work very impressive I think it's just it's just being in that environment it really does open your eyes to a lot of things I think that's probably what yeah it really kind of pushed me I mean I I had savings but I used to just save for the sake of saving you know like I probably could have had a lot more savings if I didn't go on the number of holidays and places I just ridiculously when I think now but yeah it was just having that 10% deposit and that income and I was able to go and you know my mum bless her she would love to have just given me money but she's not in that position to be able to do so I think if she had it of course she would have but it's just more a case of oh yeah you know I knew she didn't so it um I think that's just how being in that environment really just kind of propels you to do something and it, it really is about the people that you end up surrounding yourself with absolutely totally totally agree I just find it really yeah. interesting you know it's no criticism of our parents but we're in a position to kind of change cycles in this sense so hopefully our children or nieces nephews and that can be in this position where they are reaping the benefit of creating seeds of generational wealth which is really good. I find it really inspirational and it's conversations that I think our community should have so much more because I know in other circles of friends and things that these are the stories and that have been has said around tables for years essentially that you know I wouldn't say you know that we're not lucky enough to to be privy to but I just don't know why maybe the access area element of it uh, or, or the fact that maybe the money isn't gifted and it's not as disposable it's not spoken about but I think it's really inspiring and it'll be one of my I don't know aims to really champion you know as my family grows and grows and grows to talk about things like that because it's it helps no end in every area of your life I think regardless whether you you do it when you're 18 straight out of um, higher education or you know beyond I think it's really important. I agree I think those conversations need to be had so much more and you know, it was like a whole new world to me. And it's like, I didn't, you know, if I think about it at the time, did I even know how much my parents bought their house for? Like, I don't think I knew this information. And, you know, hearing how much people pay, how much deposit they had, and being, I guess, on the inside of that, it's like, wow, this is really interesting. Like, it's a lot of knowledge here that, you know, could be shared and that people could use and have the conversations. And yeah, I just don't think we always know who do that, really. No, totally agree. So before we go to the melanin magic question, I, I am intrigued to know what your, you mentioned manifesting and I know that you've obviously got big dreams for the brand. What would be the end goal and what's the next steps to get there? Yeah, oh gosh. 
I mean, I think the biggest step for me at the moment now is trying to, now that now shops are open again, so I feel like that's been a bit of a learning curve for me in the sense that lockdown was a great opportunity because everyone was at home. So you were really able to kind of drum in doing your nails at home, you know, the sales of like our gel lamps and things like that increase. But I think also now coming out of lockdown, it's then back to kind of the normal avenue where people also then go out and get their nails done as well. So I think being stocked in nail shops is probably the next thing on my list to try and target and definitely kind of growth into hopefully retail will be um, the next step. You know, I'd love to be in like a super drug or boots. I think that's a really step that I really need to kind of start making conversations towards or trying to at least get involved in those kind of uh, industries. So I think that's kind of the next move for me. I think ultimately would I love to have, you know, a Telmoir nail salon shop that everyone could just come to and buy polishes while they're there. That's the ultimate dream, I think, at the moment. But I think in order to get there, it's going to be getting stocked in other places first and kind of just raising awareness of the brand. And yeah, I think that's the thing. Actually, that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. It's making more awareness of Telmar and just kind of really pushing my story out there. Me being a perfectionist, I kind of almost want to rebrand everything again and just start again. But at the same time, I'm like doing it slowly, kind of like changing one or two things at a time and then just kind of getting there um but yeah in an ideal world I just do it all in one go and then just buy a shop and then just do that instead <laughs> so oh yeah. god that'd be amazing I can see the shop already oh yeah it would be definitely I love yeah, I can see it all I can see you know walking through boots oh god yeah boots for sure that's definitely that that's no, but the you when you're walking through and you see the different counters manned counters or people or like the stations where you go and buy you know, like your Barry M nail polishes, I can see Telmar nail polishes there, you know, and all of the vast array of colours. So, yeah, and just from getting to know you better in the time you've kindly shared with us this morning, it's going to happen. Just you're a woman, you're a doer, you're one of life's doers and it will happen. So, um, if I could ask you the melanin magic question, is the time for that? So we ask all our guests this question and it's really, we're fascinated by everyone's answers. Um what are your hopes and dreams for Black British culture in the next five to ten years? And do you have any insight or ideas on how we're going to get there? It cut out a little bit, I think, in the question, but I got it. So, yeah, what are my hopes and dreams for Black British culture? Is that the... Uh, yes. I mean, I think, for me, I still just want to champion, like, I think prophecy ownership for me. I think that's definitely something that you know, from what I've seen, a lot of the general rate, like general wealth comes from as well. And I think also just having that as a plan, like I think it's fine for entrepreneurs to have, you know, something else going on whilst they're doing it. I know that sounds really complex and, you know, kind of in addition, but actually you don't just have to be good at one thing. I think you can be good at mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And yeah I think how we get there I think it's just as you say it's conversation I think the biggest thing is actually conversation and talking about it talking about our wealth where we get our money from you know a lot of the time my mum will always be like oh don't tell people you have another property they'll think you're rich or you know and I'm really not um but it's actually having those conversations I realize inspires so many more people to think about what they can do next and how they can develop and grow their and you know whether it's you know, talking about how I started the nail polish business for my flat. It's like, you know, a lot of my friends have now kind of started businesses off the back of, oh, but I've seen this how do it. You know, I see how hard she works. And, you know, actually I have this idea that I'm passionate about. I reckon that I could do this and put this out there. And I think that's how it really grows. And it's having those conversations and, you know, allowing people in to see what you're doing. And, you know, it doesn't, necessarily scare me because I think some people are like oh but you know what if you tell too much and people are like you know copy your idea or copy your business format but actually if you've been doing something for long enough you kind of don't really but I know how much hard work I've put into this to make it to this point so people all around you have to work you know if they're going to try and get to that point quicker than you they almost have to work doubly as hard and it's pretty impossible like it's not impossible but it's very hard to do so yeah, I think as long as you're putting in as much hard work as you can into what it is that you want to do, I think that's how, yeah, we get there. And I think everyone just needs to continue working hard and just look at as many different streams of wealth and income that they can do to try and get there. So I think as 
us as a whole, as a culture, can just really be, you know, owners in what we do in our crafts and everything that we have around us. So. I love that. I love the element of conversation because whether it's to inspire or whether it is to share another black business or another, you know, black female business or whatever, you don't really realize the power of like your what recommendation or, you know, the strength of, of, of having a conversation and knowing that so-and-so does this or so-and-so does that. Um, Cause I found just with the Afro leads links, just, just the confidence to just do stuff. I just think, well, do you know what? People are doing it. And I know people that look like me are doing this and Yes, they work hard. Yes, they've got their own different skill sets, but they've just shown me that it can be done. And without those conversations or without that little bit of research, I would never know that. So I love the fact that you have got that emphasis on that element of conversation and sharing black stories, really. It's great. I have to thank you guys for that as well, because actually with Afro Leads, it's very much a case of, okay, so when you tagged me in the post from OK Magazine, like you've picked my business and put that in like, you know, a wild worldwide you know magazine pretty much and I'm sitting there like oh my gosh like this is like you've just shared me and given me a whole new market of people that have now found the business through okay magazine and do you see what I mean like it's just that kind of conversation in itself that you've kind of taken that avenue and you've shared it to someone so you know if any of my friends are looking for you know like I don't know green cards CMOS anything that I know someone sells, I'm always like, oh, but my cousin does that, or my friend does this, or you should talk to them, or I've got a friend who's, you know, so it's just about kind of recommending people close to you. So, you know, I'm so appreciative that you guys have done that for me. (laughs) But do you see, it's that kind of- Yeah, it goes round. It really does, so. We had to definitely put you in the okay mag. We were buzzing actually, and I think that it's like the, I think you can tell the thought behind it's everything about the brand, the names, the colours, and obviously speaking to you now, it all makes sense why it was just so it fitted so perfectly. But yeah, we were like, yeah, it has to be in this in that that month's edition of the OK. We just loved it. So I'm pleased that you appreciative it, but it had to happen. It was a no-brainer. <laughs> From my perspective, it's just like I said, it's not easy to get press coverage regardless, and people pay significant money for it. So, you know, it's those kind of I feel like that's how we progress black culture you know mm. you highlighted my business to someone new and you as a business as a whole you know we need more like this you know it's yeah. So, yeah you are welcome my love and it was no problem at all um so talking about obviously how people and listeners can get in touch with you buy your product can you tell us again just your handles on social media or your website again I know Julie mentioned it in the intro but just how can people get in touch and buy your wonderful products Thank you. Um, so yeah, we think we have pretty much every social media going. If there's anything that I don't mention, but so yeah, obviously we are on Instagram. Instagram is like our main spot. So obviously, if you message me, DM me, it always goes to me. I always respond. We're on TikTok as well. We've also got Facebook and got a Twitter page. I will say there's not really much on the Twitter page, but it's there, so you can find us. But also we have a Pinterest as well. The only difference with Pinterest is Telmar Boutique just because someone had taken someone in before I got there. And yeah, to buy all of our products. So the website is www.telmar.co.uk. But also we do have a few of our gift boxes on Amazon as well. So you can just type Telmar into Amazon and you'll find a pre-packaged gift set. Yeah, I think that's most places where we are at the moment now. Yeah, and also if you have a jammy card as well, because we had quite a few businesses. So, and you can buy some of our products direct from the Jammy website as well. But then your Jammy discount card code works also on our website as well. So amazing, lovely. That's it from us today. Thank you so much, Natal, for joining us. It's been an absolute honor, and you are just so inspirational. And I feel like we need to get you back on to do a financial how to, but we'll talk about that later. But thank you so much to all our listeners for joining us and join us again next time. Bye.